Good afternoon, everyone. I want to welcome again, I really want to welcome you to another uh, session of the Potter's Gate Online Broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintala. Uh, this afternoon, we're going to continue to look into the concept of our teaching. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to continue to look into the concept of our teaching on pattern for living. I believe this afternoon, the next uh, an hour thereabout, I should be able to, you know, help us to further understand the intentions of the Father and his demand for us, even as we engage the realities of the days before us. There are a couple of things I would like to share with us again this afternoon, just to push further this narrative that will allow us to enter into that dimension where our life can better reflect the authenticity of the demand and uh, the, the reality of what is termed as kingdom lifestyle. Because uh, that's the heart of what we are dealing with, dealing with when we talk about kingdom, excuse me, when we talk about pattern for living, we're dealing with amen, an order of life, a system of existence or a, that cannot be corrupt or cannot be captured by the falling nature of, of, of society. Okay? It's, it's, it's shocking that when you look at some of the uh, um, statistics, in terms of crime that is taking place here in South Africa, United Kingdom, America, and some other places, it's it's just mind blowing the kind of the rate of crime and the the rate of you know destruction, carnage that is taking place. I mean, I was listening to BBC this this morning, and and, and they're talking about you know the rate of you know knife knife crime in in in, in United Kingdom. It's amazing the life of you know, youths that have been that have been destroyed, that's been taken, just because somebody you know doesn't like the way they look, or for the fact that somebody wants their phone. All right, people have been stabbed to death, killed, just killed, just because you know somebody wants your phone. And you you look at all this, and you look at what is happening, obviously in America, with you know a, a, a massive shooting. All right, you know, gone, gone, gone battle. You know, you, you see what is happening on, on the street. You ask yourself, is, 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 is this a war zone? Well, these are the realities of the days we, li we live in. Coming home back here in South Africa, you look at the rate of crime where they say close to 49, 52 people die every day, every day, all right, all related to, you know, uh, uh, crime, you know, gun violence, you know, stabbing and all that. So you begin to ask yourself, what are we dealing with? Obviously, it seems we're dealing with, you know, a failed state. We're dealing with a society that has continued to fail, all right, its own people. We're dealing with, you know, governments that, that, that don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle many of these challenges, all right, that are out there. Uh, and it's my opinion, all right, it's my strong opinion that if we have, in fact, I was thinking about that today, that if we have a relevant church, and what does it take to have a relevant church? Basically, to do what the scripture says. If we have a church that is relevant, all right, that lives in the, in the, in the reality, all right, of what the scripture says, and we walk in accordance to, you know, the values and, and, and standards and, and, you know, principles that we find in, in the scripture, Allowing our life to become that, you know, uh, um, epistle like the scripture puts, puts it. 
so that our life should become a living epistle that is known and read of men. Imagine if we go out there with the number of people today we have in the church going to church, all right, claiming to be believers and Christians. And that's good. But if we have those people being trained and empowered, all right, where they can go into the world and begin to manifest a kind of a quality of life that, that will bring pleasure and glory to God, I believe there's going to be change. I believe there's going to be change because, like, I, like, I, like I've been saying for a while, many of the societal problems that we're dealing with, okay, yes, they might have been caused by, by the kind of laws and, and, and policies that, you know, so society have come to accept. And, and we, can, we can blame, we can lay that blame, all right, to, you know, to, you know, to, to the feet of our leaders. That's just the truth. Because uh, in, in, in leadership, somebody must take responsibility. And, and and based on that, okay, we, we can say that, you know, we, we, we haven't failed lead leaders across the globe. Because if you have the number of people, all right, that are dying, teenagers particularly in the United Kingdom, just dying of, you know, uh, of, you know, uh, uh, you know, of knife, you know, uh, uh, you know, battles on the street. I mean, you begin to ask yourself, and you know, while they were interviewing, you know, this uh, person that was, you know, almost like getting information of why these things were taking place, and you hear the sentiment of the people. This is this is because, all right, families are failed, societies are failed. They were asking one person, "What happened? You know, what, what happened if you get to know that you, you know your mother doesn't love you? What do you do? You know." And these are things that speaks into what we as believers have been called to address: broken homes, broken marriages, broken family. All right, you know, disorientated youths, you know, dysfunctional, you know, uh, 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 you know, teenagers. So all these things that people are going through that obviously starts from the home are speaking into a concept of, you know, of, of a lifestyle that is playing out in, in violence, that is playing out amen, in, in all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, ungodly characters and behavior out there in the society because that's where people can actually, you know, vent their, you know, their, their, their feelings. They, they go out there and they do whatever they want to do because the law also permits them to a certain degree. Right? The law permits them to certain degree. So you look at all this that is happening, you begin to ask yourself, so what are we doing as, as, as believers, as saint ones? I believe that the Father knew, already knew that the world is, is heading to an abyss of destruction. All right? So he sent us. He said, go out there and be a disciple. Go out there and reflect you know, my, my will, my plan, my purpose. Okay? Go disciple the nations. Go bring the nation back to all right, the, 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 the alignment of, of healing and deliverance. Well, uh, you, if you agree with me, I don't think we're doing enough. And I believe that if we continue to look into this kind of concept that we've been dealing with for a while, talking about a pattern for living, talking about soul food and all this teaching, you will notice that many of you know, the, the teachings that we're trying to do here at the Potter's Gate all right, speaks into issues that are out there in the society. But then we're not looking at the, the, the values and the modus operandi of society to try to fix it. We're looking at the principles of God's word. We're looking at, you know, the, the, the standard of God's word. We're looking at, amen, the kind of a life, amen, that can house the power of God. Because no matter how we try to, you know, to be in, intelligent in terms of trying to deal with this thing, these are very complex problems that, in fact, the powers of darkness are behind them. So you cannot deal with this thing by just shared wisdom, knowledge, all right, by, you know, falling kind of human wisdom. You cannot deal with them. 
I mean, in, in many of these societies that we're finding this, you know, problem, they have some of the best, you know, brains. They have some of the best psychologists. They have some of the best, you know, uh, 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 therapies. They have some of the best counselors. All right. So why is this challenge still increasing? Why are we seeing the increase of these challenges? Because those things, you know, those solutions are not really working, if you ask me. All right. We need a divine intervention. And for us to have a divine intervention, we need to know how to connect with God. We need to know how to relate with the values, with the understanding. We need to know amen, the, the, the spiritual authority and how to connect to that spiritual authority that has been given to us. I guess that's where the, you know, the, the, you know, the problem is. That being able to you know, have that connection, I, I believe that, that those are things that we need to continue, you know, continue to discuss and, and allow the Spirit of God to allow us to you know to imbibe the principles that have been given to us our problem is that we we want to we want to help society but we want to live like society we want to behave like them we want to talk like them we want to in fact we want to come to their level to try to help them and it's not going to work and, I, and I, I'm saying that with all cautiousness. I know that for you to be able to assist people, you've got to reach out to their level, all right? But I'm not saying reach out to their level in terms of compromise, all right? The moment we compromise the values and the power of God, the authority of God, it's not going to work. That power is not going to work. And that's what we've been trying to do, all right? So, you know, the church has been trying to use worldly system, worldly wisdom. We're trying to use worldly method, all right? Like you, you see many churches, you know, on Friday. And I'm sorry that I have to you know, bring the church, you know, into this. Because to me, the church is the arrowhead. The church is the melting point. The church is the answer. The church is is, is God's representative on earth. If God is going to do anything in any society, in any, you know, community, he goes through the church. All right? You look at many of the battles in our homes, in our family, in our marriages. Amen? All is square to the concept of how church presents certain value system to us. So if we begin to change how we think, how we see things, how we relate. And we begin to, you know, if you will, uh, uh, increase the values of what we preach in terms of representing God. All right. I believe that to some to some degree that people will begin to people people will begin to change. And and this is the heart of the message that, you know, we've been you know, uh, bringing across for, for some time right now. All right. That there is a need amen, that we go back to. A pattern to the right standard, to the right order, to the to the divine principle, amen, of what is required in dealing with many of these complex challenges that our societies are faced with. And uh, we looked at the cons. We're looking at the concept of you know the book of Proverbs because the, the the book of Proverbs you know gives us some very powerful principles and 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 value standard that if we abide by the by the things that are said, excuse me. Not sure why it's a bit blurry. But if we abide by the things that are said in the book of Proverbs, we are going to have a change. Let, let me just quickly do this. That's good. All right. If we abide by the principles that are shared in the book of Proverbs, we will begin to see changes because, like I said, many of the problems, challenges that were faced out there, they are not just you know a concept of you know a breakdown in 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 family values or in 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 homes, marriages, and things like that. Yes, that's what we see on you know on the on the surface, on the you know on the outer shell of of this battle. That okay, there is a breakdown, amen. Of of you know of values in homes 
but behind behind this breakdown of values amen are the very activities of darkness because the powers of darkness, like the Bible says, it, 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 Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The powers of, of darkness plan, amen, is to frustrate, amen, the, the, the eternal purpose and plans of God. And he will use any means. He will use any method. method. He will use legislation. He will use laws. He will use, you know, all these things that people today call human rights. He will use those things, amen. Here you have a right in, in one point, And then that, that same right that you use, amen, has become weaponized to the fact that is that thing is destroying lives society homes other people's life so they were interviewing one guy all right with this issue of you know you know uh, uh, knife battle i mean when this guy came out of the hospital said well i i also will have to defend myself so because the, this interviewer was saying so what are you going to do after you know this whole thing what are you going to do so well i have to do what everybody's doing i have to also you know start getting knife to defend myself Obviously, that, that's not going to solve the problem. But you see, that is how the world, the world thinks. All right? We want to use crime to, you know, to resolve crime. We want to use anger to resolve anger. We want to we use you know, uh, hatred to deal with hatred. It's not going to work. So we have to, amen, as, as the body of Christ, we have to go back to the word of God. We have to really get our, hearts in, you know, our house in order. We have to really begin to ask ourselves, Amen. If we are the light of the world, are we truly shining? If we are the salt of the earth, are we seasoning the earth? Indeed, are we that city set upon the hill that cannot be hidden? These are very pertinent questions we need to ask ourselves. Because I tell you something, if we don't begin to engage all right, in this reality of truth that will allow us to step into a day where we can truly reflect and manifest and represent the power of God amen, to society, I tell you, a different generation will have to arise. And in fact, I don't know how how that generation will arise because what are we passing to the next generation i think that's another issue that we need to deal with what are we passing because from what we've been talking about amen regarding the book of proverbs here is somebody passing you know wisdom down to the next generation that is what we read in the book of proverbs so it's not just about solomon talking about his life all right in fact he's relating what he has learned what he has acquired in life and passing it down amen to the next generation my son listen to the instructions of your father so, so I believe that if we if we really are serious and we want to engage, all right, in change, because that's what we represent as Christians, as kingdom, you know, citizens. The scripture says, go into the world, amen, make disciples of all nations. He said, go baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, amen. He said, he said, he said, he says, you know, he said, teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Teach them. Now, we know that teaching is not just to sit in a classroom. Teaching, amen, in fact, the, 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 the best of teaching is, 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 is by the power of lifestyle. That when our life, amen, start teaching people, that when people start looking at our life and they can say, well, these are Christians. The Bible says they were called first Christian in Antioch because the, the lifestyle of the believers, amen, was, was in, in reflecting, was imparting, was teaching, amen, the society. What are we teaching our society today? We're teaching them, or once you come to God, it's all about getting material things. It's all about getting money. And, and, and truly, God wants to bless us with material things. God wants to give us money. God wants us to be successful. That's the heart. That's part of what God wants to do in our life. But that is not the heart. That's not the core. The core, amen, of we coming to him is for us to, is for us to first get a nature change. 
is for us to first get a nature change because when your nature is changed, all right, you 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 won't think of trying to impress other people. In fact, those people that are going out there stabbing other, killing other people, they're doing that because all right, they're trying to express anger. They're trying to reflect all right you know superiority in fact that's you you will notice that what is behind all this you know uh, 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 territorial battle all right is to express superiority we are stronger than you okay we have more power than you guys all right and, and this is what is happening all over when you look at what is happening here in cape town where they have that you know uh, 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 you know community where it's all gang related violence is because some people want to prove that they are stronger they are more powerful they're more you know influential than others so they will they will they will have to do something more terrible to prove to others that you see what we can do so so we have to believe the lord amen to give us not just wisdom but the power and in fact he's giving us the power and the wisdom but we have to learn how to surrender and yield ourselves amen towards that process towards that you know concept of change all right the power of god will rest on certain concepts certain belief systems certain value standard of existence he say if, if if you abide in me and my words abide in you yes so we, we, we want to look at this thing and I'm believing the Lord that, you know, as the more we deal with this concept, the more we allow the spirit of God, all right, to walk in our life, to walk in our heart, to walk in our psyche, to walk in our belief system, to walk in our priority, amen, to walk in how we value things as we allow God, as we allow the, the ministry of the spirit, amen, to deal with amen, our preferences that to, to certain degree we'll begin to wake up and say to ourselves, wait a minute. I, I, I've been born for such a time as this. I'm born to make a difference. I want my life to be an example. I want my life to be a light. I want my life to go out there, amen, and, 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 and woo somebody to Christ and bring somebody in. There are so many people out there, all right, that, you know, they, they, they're from broken homes, broken marriages, all right. They, they don't know what to do about life, all right. Some people are just waking, you know, waking up in the morning. They don't know what life is all about. Yes, they've got some job that they're doing, but even the job is not bringing them satisfaction. Some, you know, make a lot of money, but at the end of the month, they, they have nothing to show for it because their life, amen, has not been streamlined into that concept of divine objective where they're actually living. They're just basically surviving. And we can do, we can help a lot of people. We can, we can bring, you know, transformation. We can help amen, people really come to understand what life is all about. And this is, these are things that we need to deal with if we really want to bring a change. Thank you so much, Brother Joe, for, for joining this, this afternoon. We can bring a change when we begin to look at, amen, the, 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 the need of society. When we look at the need of society and we then go to God and say, God, these are the need in society. I want to make a change in this area of life. I want to bring change i want to bring transformation i want to bring deliverance in this area of life and then we can then present ourselves all right to go through that training to go through that you know empowerment if you will i mean it's like you want to join a military you know a, a, a unit all right you you can just wake up just on on the concept of shared de desire and say okay uh, because i've got the desire suddenly all right you know what to do no you have to go through a period through a, a season amen of training of empowerment and that is indeed what um, what enables you because it's from that training that you begin to develop certain character you begin to develop certain habits you begin to develop certain you know you know uh, value standard you begin to develop amen certain belief certain you know in fact certain aspect of your life amen that can go through certain
things, you know, resistance suddenly begin to come out. You, you, you look at the kind of training those military commando go through, those, you know, uh, military guys go through before they finally, you know, get to a point where they can say, indeed, you have successfully passed this class. I mean, you look at a lot of people fall by the wayside. Why is it that when, when it comes to the things of God, we think we can just, God, God just accept anyone. We can just, everybody can just go through it and pass. It doesn't work that way. There are people, amen, who begins this journey, but have failed, particularly if we, if we say we want to make a difference out there. Because you don't want to face uh, a, 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 you know, a, a, a battle zone, all right? And the next minute you start crying, oh, no, I can't face this. Then you run back home. Now, that's what happened in the book of, the book of Judges. The Bible says all the people that came, 33,000 if I'm not mistaken, amen, who, who felt, yes, we can go on a war. All right? The Bible says many of them, fear led them back. Fear led them back. They say, if you're fearful, all right, if you're fearful, you better turn back now. 22,000 went back. So what are we talking about? Why are, we, why are we relating to the things of God as if there are no standard? As if God has no standard? As if God would just take anything? Yes, many are called. He's calling us into his kingdom. But for those of us that are going to be sent out there, amen, to help, you know, the impoverished society, to help, amen, society come back, amen, to, to our senses. The people that God is going to use to restore society, to restore government, to restore nation, are not just going to be any kind of, you know, person out there who feel, well, I'm a believer. No, if you say you're a believer, you're a Christian, more so if you say you're a man of God, all right? Most if you say you're a man of God, there are certain belief systems, there are certain quality of standard, there are certain things that I know that I cannot do because amen, I have been chosen by God, because I am, you know, I, I know what I've been called. I mean, if God can take me from one point or of you know of, of you know of life and bring me to another point of life, do you think I'm just gonna come here and just live my life anyhow and just do things the way like 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 I'm preaching right now? I don't have to wait for everybody to watch me and those who are watching me incognito. I, I don't have to. I have to understand that the, the value system that God has given to me, or I, 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 you know, I, I, you know, my life depends on it. And those are the things, amen, that pushes me on. That these are not things that you do because somebody is watching you or somebody is not watching you or somebody likes you or doesn't like you. No, you have to understand that you have been sent, amen, as just like those, you know, I, army you know i've been trained those commandos those special force i've been trained you, you throw a special force all right in a desert or right, that guy will survive in the desert that guy doesn't think who is there is my oh, you know am i gonna get food here no no you learn to survive Unfortunately, those value system today has been kicked off the church, has been wiped away from the church. And that's why you have very weaklings people. You have very weaklings in the church. You have people who, are don't, who, who, who don't care. When you speak to them, when you correct them, when you challenge them, when you tell them this is the standard of God, suddenly they walk out of your life. Suddenly they're somewhere else. Suddenly they don't want to hear. And they think, well, God is a scavenger. God is not a scavenger. All right. Yes, we are all called into his kingdom. But guess what? We will be trained. We will be equipped because the battles out there are too complex. The, the enemy that we are dealing with out there, like I was sharing today. I mean, you look at what is happening in the United Kingdom. That people are just dying here and there. Right, that youths are just dying here and there. Youths stabbing themselves with knife, killing themselves here and there. I mean, you look at what is happening in, in America today. Gone violent, gone, gone, you know, 
mass shooting, mass shooting. Somebody wakes up one morning, carries, you know, a machine gun and just starts shooting recklessly and start killing people. People are losing their mind. All kinds of things are happening. You look at what is happening in, in Cape Town, South Africa. I mean, this is a country that they say is one of the most dangerous country in the world. South Africa, one of the most dangerous society in the world. What is going on? You know, there, there's something, everywhere you see violence, the kind of violence that we're seeing, it tells you, amen, that something is happening in the psyche of society. Society are losing their mind. People are losing, and if you look at these places that I've mentioned, is it United Kingdom, is it America, is it South Africa? Oh, look at the number of churches there. Some of the biggest churches we know in the world are in this place that we just mentioned. Is it Nigeria? Is it South Africa? Is it, uh, uh, look at what is happening in Nigeria today. With the, with, you know, with the issue of crime, corruption, and destruction that is taking place. Look at how Boko Haram is, is, is terrorizing all right, a whole nation of 200 million people. And you have some of the biggest churches, you have some of the finest churches all right, in this society. Something tells you that all right, there's a disconnection. There's, there's, there, there's something that is not connected. Because the Bible says the church ought to be what? The light of the world. So are we shining? Obviously we're not shining. We, we can give all kinds of excuses. All right, we can give all kinds of excuses why we're not why why what we're doing is not relating or is not impacting or transforming society. But I can bet you, if we walk in accordance to what the scripture says, because I have seen that in the little journey of my life, I have seen that in the little you know community God has given to me, I was able to make a difference. I was able to make impact with the little resource God gave to me because I did not just look at the resource and i'm not just about okay uh, uh, i need money to change society no it's about me spending time in the presence of god it's about god speaking to me it's about god giving one creativity it's about god you know releasing his presence in in one's life and it's about you not seeking to want to take the glory it's about you not doing that thing amen because of an agenda because the moment is an agenda because the moment we say okay i'm gonna do this thing for god but i'm gonna be seen i want people to see me i want people to praise me then god god's power is not going to rest so we will do anything amen just to prove that we're doing something but guess what what we're doing is not bringing lasting change it's not causing people to you know to wake up in the morning and say wait a minute i need to change my life i believe the kind of a message we need to preach in this day amen is the kind of a message that will touch the, the heart of the prodigal son that will make him to rise up amen from that you know place from that hole from that whatever he, he, he find himself to say no no i need to rise up i need to the bible says and that young man came to his senses society have lost their senses unfortunately even the church too has lost their senses the guy said i will rise up and i will go back to my father and i'll say to him you see his values change his belief his understanding about life changes it takes amen, a kind of an atmosphere amen it takes a kind of a prayer it takes a kind of a belief system it takes a kind of truth hallelujah that is not corrupt that has not been polluted that has not been mixed that's not been sweet coated all right the truth we're preaching today are all sweet coated we we sweet coat the thing all right people must like it people don't have to like it because listen to this when you're sick and you go to the doctor and the doctor prescribes a medicine to you. Guess what? You don't think about, oh, is doctor, is this is, is, is this sweet? Or is it bitter? No. You want to, you want to, you want to get well. You want to get well. You know, certain certain values that is required, amen, should supersede, amen, our own convenience. We want to, we want to preach a message of convenience to people. And that's why people still remain in their sin. I was saying this morning. 
You find some of our sisters on Facebook. All right, half of their boobs is showing, and these are supposed to be Christians. These are supposed to be, you know, you know, believers in some of, some of the powerful apostles, prophets, church, all these churches that we say, oh, this, they're preaching apostolic. No, but half of their, you know, body is is naked. How do you how do you how do you marry that? How do you connect that, amen, to a life that is that is representing? I mean, if what you're doing will cause your own brother to fall, then the Bible says, don't do such a thing. We live our life the way we want to live it. And we still expect, or that when we worship God, suddenly the presence of God will come, the power of God will fall on us, and we'll make a difference. It doesn't, we cannot eat our cake and have it. I'm talking about the power of lifestyle. I'm talking about, amen, the power, amen, the power of living, the power of lifestyle. When I'm talking about pattern for living, I'm talking about how we can connect with God. Listen to this. There are certain belief systems, there are certain lifestyle that we live that releases the power of God upon our life without even you praying, without you, just because you live in a particular format, just because you live in a particular standard, just because you, you subscribe to certain belief system, the power of God rests on you. And there are certain beliefs, certain concepts, certain way, even that we dress, we live our life that God says, no, I, I cannot stay in this, in this, in this, in this, in this domain. I can't live in this temple because you're not representing God. All right, we want to live the way the world system live, and yet we want to minister to them. We're lying. That is called, amen, deception. It's called delusion. It's not going to work. Now we don't hear these things on the pulpit, and that's why I keep saying somebody like me, it's going to be very difficult for me to start a church. I'm not, I don't mind if God said start one, all right, maybe to be an example to others. But I'm saying that there are certain messages that we need to preach, all right, that that cuts across, amen, all boundaries, all partisan, you know. I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't preach a partisan, you know, uh, uh, you know, gospel. I want to preach a message, amen, that that touches everybody, young and old, apostle, prophet, bishop, you know. You want a message that will bring life, that will bring, because I tell you, we are playing. Instead of us to be praying, we are playing, we are joking. I mean, you look at what is going on in society today. It's like our message, you know, does not reflect, amen. It's not relevant to the challenges of society. All right? Society today, you know, when they speak about the church, they have nothing good to say because they know that we are part of them. We do what they do, all right? The, the church is found in the same club, all right? The society have found themselves. You know, the church is doing the same thing. So society, is, so society says, you know, you know, there are certain people that challenges me. They challenge me. Because, you know, when, when people are condemning, you know, men of God, they condemn everybody. So they also condemn you also. And I'm trying to make them understand. The Lord said, look, they will not understand. Because, you know, the church has failed the society. And that's just the truth. Some people would disagree with me, but that's the truth. We have failed society. I mean, society that are, you know, that, that are dealing with broken homes, broken marriage, broken relationship, broken, you know, career, broken, you know, uh, 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 everything. And you also come, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to minister to them from that same state of brokenness, from that sta same state, amen, of lack of sight, from that same state of lack of understanding. I'd rather you get angry with me while I tell you the truth, all right, and later realize that, wait a minute, but that man is telling me the truth, than to sweet quote it, than to give you something that I know is not going to assist you, that I know that in the next six months down the line, then I know that in the next one year down the line, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to help you. I'd rather tell you the way it is. And that's why some people, you know, will hate, you know, the message of a prophet like me. Because you say it the way it is. You tell the people you say it the way it is. I'd rather you get angry with me, amen, for the next one year. Only for you to realize, amen, you know, by the next year and say, wow, 
But the man told me the truth. That is the truth. Yes, I ra I rather take you know that you know you mis misunderstanding me for the for the next six months, one year, all right, than for you to accept now what I'm saying. Only down the down you know down 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 the line, you know, maybe a year later you realize. But wait a minute, this man lied to me. He lied to me because he wanted money. He lied to me because he wanted my position. He lied to me. No, no. You, you understand? And that's what we're doing in the church. And that's why today people get disappointed. After a while, they get disappointed. They get disillusioned, you know, from, you know, from men of God, from the church. Yes, because we like to, we like to tell the people what they want to hear. It's like Ananiah in, in Jeremiah 2.29. He told the people what the people want to hear. Jeremiah said, no, God said 70 years. You guys are going to be in captivity. I mean, when, when, when a man comes and gives that kind of a message, what do you think? Do you think everybody's going to just rally around him and say, wow, what a, what a word, Jeremiah. You, you go, pro prophet. Ah, oh, we love what you're saying. No, they're going to hate him. How can, we be in, how can we be in captivity for 70 years? What kind, what kind of a message is this? God is not that bad. God, God is not that wicked. Come on, Jeremiah. What kind of a God are you serving that you will go into captivity for 70 years? Well, can you change what God have said? God said, Jeremiah, tell the people, 70 years you're going to be in captivity. Now another prophet comes and says, two years. <laughs> another prophet comes, he says, two years. You see, that's, 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 that's what the people want. We want, we want somebody that will reduce, you know, you know, the terms, that will tell us there's a way out, all right, that will show us how to cut corners, that will tell us it's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to live in this kind of quality of life. You don't have to subscribe to this standard. You don't have to go through this kind of training. No, people, people will tell you, you, you don't have to. You don't have to. Just, 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 just take it easy. You don't have to fast. You don't have to pray. You don't have to live your life in this concept of, you know, value standard that demands, amen, that you stay away from things. You stay away from cigarettes. You stay away from sex. You stay away from perversion. You stay away from anger. You stay away from iniquity. You don't have to go through all After all, God is not that. I mean, I've got, I've seen Christians, people who go to church Sundays, who are smoking, who are, you know, doing all funny things. They're doing funny things. And yet some of these people are even leaders in churches. What do you do? You, you see pastors who are sleeping with their girlfriends, excuse me, sleeping with, you know, their secretary, doing funny things. You, 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 today we have men of God or, who are homosexuals. You've got lesbians, in, you, know, you know, in the choir. Not, not, but we want the power of God to rest on us. We want to go out there and change the world. We want to pray and command the fire of God come to come down. No, if the fire of God ever come down, it's going to consume us. Because God is not going to reduce his standard. God is not going to reduce his standard. Whenever we read the word of God, you will read standard. You will read standard. You, you, I mean, if, if there are no standard, why would God bring the people to Mansana and give them a law? When he knows that, all right, that they will not obey the law, why did he give them? Because that's, that's God. God is a God, amen, that reflects government. Everywhere you, you see the concept of government, you must know that there's a standard. Nobody, like I said, nobody goes into any profession today, whatever you call it, whatever, be it a lawyer, a doctor, you know, a teacher, you know, you know uh, an engineer, you know, even, even those who are in the banking system. Guess what? Everybody must go through certain concept of training, 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 
to, to why, why do you have to go through training so that you know how to deal with certain things you know how to handle your profession amen you have the best of the best wisdom knowledge and understanding but not just wisdom knowledge and understanding but the best of ethical you know value sy system you know, I was told that, you know, those who are into the, you know, uh, 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 banking in, in, you know, the cashiers in, in, you know, in the bank, that they saw when, when they're training these people, you know, how to, how to count money, they also train them, all right, how to feel the notes so that when they touch, when they touch fake notes, all right, they don't have to look at it, you know, twice. Just by touching it, they know this note is fake. You see, there are certain things about our life. There are certain dimensions of our spirituality that we will never be able to understand until we're taken through that period, that season of training. Look at, I mean, I can begin to tell you people from the scripture. Is it Moses that you want to tell me? Moses thought he was trained for 40 years. He thought he was ready. <laughs> you know, the, the, the next time Moses tried to step into ministry, what happened? He killed a man. <laughs> That's a man that has been trained for 40 years. 40 years of training. The first time he stepped into ministry, that he thought, yes, now I'm ready. I'm ready for ministry. What did he do? He killed another person. And the next thing, what did he do? He ran away. And they plunged him into another what? Another 40 years of training. Even our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we say these things, people think, ah, we're just going to... Ah, it's not by might, it's not by power. You will never be able to change society, amen, by shared will, by just, you know, shared desire. Desire is good. But guess what? A desire that is not mixed with skill, a desire that is not mixed with the quality, amen, of God's standard is not going to produce anything. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, for the, for the next 16, 18 years of his life, we never heard anything. What was he doing? He was under training. Come on, I told you before, Elijah, Elisha was under training for 22 years. He was, he was pouring water. He was learning the acts of the prophetic, amen, by watching and observing, hallelujah, a man of God called Elijah. Come on. What about Paul, the great apostle Paul that gave to us the one thought, amen, of the scripture. The scripture says for 14 years, this man was locked away in Arabia. It's called a desert. What was he doing? He was learning. He was training about these things. You see, we, we just want to be zealous. We build things out of zeal. We start church out of zeal. We go out of zeal. But you just realize that zeal can take you thus far. Then you start to... Show me that person in the scripture that God used mightily that God did not train. Is it David? Everyone that God used, God, you see, if we want to, if we want to build a third day church that is going to be an answer to the world, ah, there's so much going on out there in the world today. That I tell you, if if you look at what is going on out there in the world, you will say to yourself, no more hope. Yes, to the world system, no more hope. They've lost hope. Like I, like I, I was sharing when I started. I mean, in United Kingdom, see the, I mean, see the way you know young people are killing themselves, stabbing themselves with knife. All around. You can Google it. Killing. Just killing themselves. You ask yourself, there must be a demon. Of course there's a demon after it. Look at what is happening in America. People just shooting themselves. One crazy person wakes up in the morning. He just starts mass shooting people all around. And government don't know what to do about it. What about here in South Africa? Show me that place. Look at what is happening in Syria. 
lives have been shattered, destroyed. Okay, you talk about, okay, we can rebuild those things. We can rebuild the infrastructure. Can you rebuild the lives of the people? Can you rebuild those broken homes, broken marriages, broken relationships, broken vision, broken dreams? Does government have the capacity to do that? Even let's say government say, okay, we're going to rebuild everything that has been bombed and destroyed. Can you rebuild the heart and the mind of people? Those are not, you know, answer, those are not, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, issues that government can deal with. This is why the church is relevant. And that's why we have to wake up and realize, all right? You see, the pattern of building has to change. We, we, we cannot continue on this thing. And this is, you ask, you, you, ask, you, you, may, you, you may want to ask me and say, what has what the book of Proverbs got to do with all this thing you're talking about? Ah, that's because you're blind. You don't understand. The book of Proverbs houses amen, some of the best value system to change society. My son, listen to the instruction of your father. If every son out there will listen and be built in accordance to the values of God, ah, we will change society, friends. But people, these are things people don't want to listen to. People want this, you know, a sweet, a sweet quote message. Tell me what I want to hear. Ah, well, I'm not that kind of a prophet. I can't tell you what you want to hear. I tell you what is expected of you. I tell you what God wants you to hear. I tell you what the word of God says. I show you the standard. You accept it or you reject it. Yes. Ananias says, two years. The man of God said, I wish, I pray it is so. He walked away. Friends, we need to begin to understand the heartbeat of God. Have you noticed all the things that we've been doing for how many years? It's like we're going through the same old circle. Nothing is nothing is working. There are there are there are people that I used to know, you know, on Facebook, on Facebook, that you know, three years ago they used to be zealous for the Lord. Some of them now you must see what they are posting on their on their site. I have I have I have unfriended some of them. Just delete them from my from my Facebook. You must see what they are posting. Crazy, kind of fleshy things. It tells you something is wrong with their foundation. And this is what I'm talking about. This is, and their pastors, their apostles, whatever they call them, they are encouraging them. I mean, if somebody is under your spiritual leadership and you cannot correct them on their dressing and say, sister, you can't dress like this. Brother, you cannot live this kind of a life. You cannot, you are not permitted to live with another person that you are not married to. Not in my watch. Not under my watch. If you're in this church, we'll correct you. And if you don't want to listen to correction, then you have to leave. This is the order of God. Have we got into a day where we no longer think of God's standard? That we are living our life, amen, based on the world values. That how we relate to society is based on how, amen, the, the world wants us to relate. No. Come on. When you come to the kingdom, it's a different culture. It's a different order. It's a different standard of life. This is why God gave us prophets to tell us the way it is. Not to compromise because their food does not come from, from, from people. It comes from him. Their sustenance does not come from people. You see, when, for people who are thinking of what to eat, what to wear, you know, their life. You know, people who are looking for, you know, some, you know, position. You know, and some are certain in society. Those are the people who, who drop the standard of God's word. Not me. Because I know what is going to assist us change society. We are about changing society. 
not about changing our own space, not about changing our own you know, bank account. We want to see society change. We want the presence of God to fill our life, fill our society, fill our home, fill our community. But for that to happen, we will not, we will not compromise the standard of God. Because new wine, they say, can only be poured into new wine skin. I was thinking about this scripture today. They say, no man partakes of the old. Suddenly says the new is better. That's why people will fight and reject what you're talking. They, they reject what you're speaking or you're talking about as if you're saying something different. Yet they have the same Bible. Yet they're reading the same Bible. So what are they reading when they read scripture? Well, they're reading what they want to read. They don't read what the, what the values of scripture says. That's why they will fight, they will challenge, all right? They will hate what you're talking about. But for goodness sake, how do we change society? How do we change amen, the body? How do we bring hope to society if we are compromising the standard of God? This is my challenge. So as we deal with the concept, amen, of pattern for living, we have to constantly look into what the scripture says and imbibe, imbibe the things the scripture says. Oh, I will encourage you, listen to, you know, the teachings we've been doing in, uh, you know, in the mornings, the soul food, soul food prayer. Whoa, Lord Jesus, help me. Power packed, you know, teachings. It will change any, anyone who is willing and ready and determined, amen, to bring a change to society. Because we can't change society if our own lives are not change. Let's 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 uh, um, look at one some of some few scriptures here. Let's look at some few scriptures here. Jeremiah chapter sixteen. Excuse me, chapter six verse sixteen. Thank you guys for connecting with me. Oh, nice to have you, Sister Miriam. Thank you so much. All right, Jeremiah six sixteen says, "This is what the the Lord says: Stand at the crossroad and look." All right, stand at the crossroad and look. Are you following me? This is what the Lord says. This is the message of God to you know to Jeremiah to give to the people. It says, "Stand at the crossroad." You know, the crossroad is the point where you make decision. You know, if you stand at the crossroad, it's like a T junction. In T junction, you need to do what you need to make decision. So the Lord said to Jeremiah, "Stand, tell the people to stand at the crossroad and look." Ask for the ancient path. Ask for it. So who are you going to ask? <laughs> That's a big question. Because this is what the Lord is saying. Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroad and look. What are you looking? If you're blind, you cannot see what God wants you to see. Alright? If you're looking with a religious sight, if you're looking with the perverted sight, if you're looking with a sight that has not been calibrated, if you're still looking with the spectacle, amen, of, of, of two years, three years ago, or you're still looking based on what God told you, you know, some years back, if you're standing, amen, you may be standing at the right, at the right place, but your concept of observation amen has been corrupt or is obsolete you're not going to see the right thing he said he says stand amen at the crossroad the crossroad at the crossroad you better have wisdom where you're at the crossroad how many of us amen have been positioned have been put in a place where is a crossroad a crossroad is a place where you need help a crossroad is a place where you need help because at the crossroad you don't know what you don't know the kind of decision to make because this road looks right that one looks right this one looks right the one going the, the place you're coming back also looks right you know crossroad you at the crossroad you need to be able to have clear observation 
declare prophetic observation to make the right decision. Or at this point, you're going to be making the wrong decision. And I tell you, the nations are at the crossroad. The church is at the crossroad. Society at the crossroad. All right. But our problem is, listen to this. We don't want, we don't want to ask for the Asian path. Everybody assume we know what to do. Everybody assume we know the right path. That's why we're making amen, the biggest mistakes of our life. That's why we're making the wrong choices of our life. That's why we're subscribing, amen, to the voice of the devil. It says, stand. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroad and look. You must first look and then ask. You see, you have to first have a prophetic sight. Amen. When you have that prophetic sight, based on what you have seen, you then need to begin to ask, amen, those people that are called, amen, the Asian ones. Who are the Asian ones? Those people that are called the givers of wisdom, the carriers, amen, of the wisdom of God, of the things of the spirit, amen. They are called prophets. They are called apostles, amen. They are called elders at the gate. He said, ask for the Asian paths. You must ask for it. Ask for the Asian path. But you're standing at a crossroad. So how can you be asking for the Asian path? Because what you see are actually, amen, not are actually what you are not seeing. Amen. In other words, for you to be able to see right, you've got to take your eyes off what you're seeing in the human realm and ask, amen, for the Asian path from those that are called, amen, carriers of the wisdom of God. The Bible says, ask where the good way is. Where is the good way? But you're standing at the crossroad. How can you be asking? Because what you see, amen, do not always translate, amen, to accuracy. This is, the, this is what I've been talking about. That in the day where we need to live our life, amen, in accordance to divine pattern, we need, amen, to invest in dim dimension that will allow us, amen, to grow in the spirit of of wisdom in the spirit of knowledge in the spirit of counsel we need to sit like mary at the feet of those that god has empowered to teach us when mary sat at the feet of jesus she was tapping into certain dimension hallelujah that will allow her to know what to do in days where she needs to make decision the bible says stand on the crossroad amen ask for the asian paths ask ask for the asian path and also ask for the good way and walk in it. And then it says you will find rest for your soul. I love the scripture. Then you will find rest for your soul. Remember we've been dealing with the concepts of the soul. I mean a lot of people today. Their soul amen, is restless. And that's why anxiety is leading people into all kinds of. All kinds of decisions. All kinds of issues today. Because their soul amen, is in disarray. Their soul has lost clarity, has lost direction. They can't even trust themselves again. Some people cannot trust themselves. Why? Because their soul amen, is totally out of order. The, the order of God, the, the counsel of God, the directions of God, the, 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 the ability and the capacity of the spirit, they have kicked out of their life. And so they're just living their life the way they want to live it. So they, they themselves know that they cannot trust themselves. They cannot trust their soul. He said, when you ask for the Asian path, and you ask for the good way, and you're ready to walk in it, he said, then you will find rest for your soul. 
Have you noticed it didn't say you will find rest for your spirit? Because the soul is the point, is the place where you make decisions about life. You want to make decisions about your business, about your home, about your family, about your children, about your career. Come on, about the ministry of God over your life, for your life. You need to bring your soul under divine order, under divine governance, under divine you know, rule. You need to bring your soul, amen, to surrender to the directives, to the leadership, to the governance of Christ. But this is a challenge with many of us. We don't want to do this. Because like I said this morning, then we lose control. The only thing that gives us identity, that gives us power of control, the only thing that defines our personality, many of us, our personality are derived and designed from the construct of the soul, not from amen, the position of our spirit man. And that's why we make bad investment, bad decision. That's why we, we conclude all right? the, the soul, the mind whispers something to you. Then you conclude that that, that must be it. You, 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 you make the biggest mistake of your life. Only a life run by the Spirit can make accurate decision. Why, Why did the Bible say we must ask for counsel from those people that are mature? Because amen, the way they think, the way they see things is different from the way people value and see things. You know, when people call me and say, look, I need to make a decision, prophet. What do you think I need to do here? I say, okay, give me time. And I try to move myself away, all right, from, you know, even the decisions they want to, they want to make. I say, God, now speak to me about this situation. And God begins to take you through things and show you things outside that decision that has impacted even the decision. Then you are able to see. Then you are able to make, you know, informed decision. Then you say to them, they look at you like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we've got to understand the directions of the, of, of the spirit. And we've got to understand the, the plans of the soul, particularly when the enemy, amen, has a leeway into our heart. Ask for the good way. Walk in it. You find, you will find, you will find rest. Society wants rest. The body wants rest. Everybody wants rest. But are we ready to do what will bring rest? We're dealing with pattern for living. We're dealing with pattern for living. I'm going to read another scripture. In fact, uh, I thought I opened that scripture. It's in Jeremiah chapter 2. Where, where are you? Did I open Jeremiah chapter 2? Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. I've shared on this before, but I'm, I, 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 I'm just going to quickly bring it out again. Because I, I really want us to understand the idea behind how to live life successfully in the days of the end. The days before us requires that we have, amen, a keen, a keen insight, a keen, a keen understanding all right, about how life ought to be lived. Because everything that society is building, they're trying to do, is collapsing. Why the values they subscribe to is falling apart. But the saddest thing is that the church all right, is also following this path. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. He said, my people have committed two, two evils. 
talking about the people of God, the church, talking about the society, I mean, the society of God. He said, for my people have committed two sins. They've committed two evil. He says, for they have forsaken me. That's number the number one sin. It says they, they they have forsaken me, the fountain of the live of the of their living water, the fountain of the living water, and they have dug for themselves. You see what 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 amazes me here is the is the shared power, is the shared energy. All right, that the people of God are as invested in digging for themselves, digging an alternative. You see, and they have dug for themselves systems for themselves. Uh, broken systems that cannot hold water. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug systems for themselves. Now, I hope you understand the way we're dealing with this thing. You've got to look at this concept, amen, as a metaphor in dealing with, amen, the value system, the value standard of society. So, while we're not digging a physical, digging a physical well or you know a system somewhere, we've got to understand that this is how we have chosen to live our life. All right, that when we decide to make decision and we go to certain paths, to certain people, to certain you know directions, all right, or we are influenced by certain things that are not subscribed by the values of God. That is basically digging systems for yourself. When you forsake God, amen, you're living water, all right, and you begin to, you know, try to find fulfillment or desire in other things, really, that do not have the capacity to bring fulfillment. That is you forsaking the Lord. He says, they have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the fountain of the living, of, of the living water, not just a fountain of water, but of a living water. He says, and they have dug for themselves, cisterns, all right, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. This is a pattern of lifestyle. That's the point that I want to bring out here. This is how certain people may have subscribed to their, their life and their lifestyle. And this obviously, the Bible says, is going to lead to destruction. Now, we're looking at all this in, compare, in comparison to the, the values and the standards amen, that you know, the scripture has given to us in accordance to the book of Proverbs. All right, And I've shared so much on that. I've shared so much on that. And like I said, if if you have not um, download this material that I, that we we wrote some time ago on the book of Proverbs, all right, you can find that on my on my my website. You can download it there. All right. Now let me just quickly read uh, Proverbs chapter chapter. Now I need to read Proverbs chapter one first before I go to chapter chapter nine. Thank you, Jesus. No, I've dealt with ch chapter one. I don't want to go back there again. I actually wanted to look at chapter two today. All right. So uh, um, chapter one basically tells us, amen, of. All right, let's quickly do this. Let's go to chapter one. Then I, I'm not going to explain. I'm just going to read that. Then I'll come to chapter two because I want to compare what chapter one and chapter two, amen, is saying. So we're going to quickly do that. Oh, my computer is so slow. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, are we there in chapter one? Oh, Lord. All right. Finally, chapter one. Proverbs chapter, chapter one. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Okay. Now, listen to this. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudence, behavior, behavior, 
doing doing what is right, just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. So you begin to see what the summary of the book of Proverbs or what Solomon is trying to establish here, all right? Because I think from verse, from verse 2 to verse 4, he established something. But even though it's not a full uh, a package, but it, it's laying a foundation for us. So he said, this thing that I want to tell you, my son or my daughter, <laughs> whoever we are. All right? There's something God amen, is saying. He said, the, this, this material will give you wisdom, amen, instruction, understanding, insight for receiving instruction and prudence in, prudence in behavior. In doing what is right, just, and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. It says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. In other words, you who claim you know better. You who claim you have insight. He said, well, you can still learn. Let the wise, let the worst, let, let the wise listen and add. And add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance. So it's not enough to say, well, I know. Well, I have knowledge. He said, but you can increase in that knowledge. Because guess what? As the day draws near, as the day of the Lord draws near, we need deeper and greater insight and understanding, amen, about the things of the Spirit. Then in verse 6, he says, he said, for understanding proverbs and parable. In other words, there are issues out there that will be coming across your way as, as, as wisdom, excuse me, as proverbs, amen, and parables. A lot of things, you know, was a few days ago the Lord was saying to me, there are all kinds of prophetic activity taking place across the world, happening on different layers. But guess what? You need the spirit of wisdom to be able to understand what is happening, lest you misinterpret. Because once you misinterpret what God is doing, amen, your actions or reaction to what you have seen or what you have interpreted will be flawed. So, so, so we need to understand that, all right, while activity is happening on this level, while activity is happening on this level, on this level, there's another activity taking place, all right? On this level, there's another dimension of things. So whatever level you find yourself, just know that it's not the finality of what God is doing. There's, a, there's always another layer, all right? And that's why I try as much as possible to carry people along, amen, at whatever level you may find yourself. Because it's important, because you can look at things from one perspective, amen, and, and, and finalize on what you have seen. And truly, and you will be right on one perspective, obviously from your perspective, but when you begin to, when they begin to increase your sight and your understanding about spiritual things, you're like, but wait a minute, I'm seeing something else. Yes, that's a concept or, of the cherubims, right? Yes, yes. You have to see things from all the various dimensions of, of, the, of, the, of the expressions of God in your life. Sometimes God can be saying three, four things to you at the same time. Sometimes God gives you a dream but in the interpretation of that dream can mean three things. And you can go to somebody and say, oh, I have this dream. And, you, and the person gives you the interpretation of the dream based on his, his or understanding. Or even you may interpret the dream on your own self based on your spiritual level at that time. Meanwhile, that dream is telling you something about the now, but it's also telling you something about the future. So, so it takes maturity in the things of the spirit. And maturity is not just about, you know, spiritual awareness. Even in spiritual awareness, amen, there are depths, there are heights, there are widths, there are, you know, there are, you know, there are all kinds of dimensions that we have to be able to understand and factor into how we deal with life. 
all in the book of Proverbs. That's what I'm talking about. That when we begin to look at this book, amen, as a template, as a pattern of how we engage in the things of the Spirit, you begin to see how God starts speaking to you. It says, let the wise listen and add to their, to their learning and let, this, let, 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 let the discerner get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parable, the saying and riddles of the wise. When you are brought under certain, you know, uh, uh, you know, situation or you are brought before certain people, that are speaking depth about the things of God and you're just wondering, you're like lost. You don't know what to do. Or you, are, you find yourself in a situation where, you know, they're asking you questions. Maybe, you know, sometimes government will bring all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, um, you know policies that you know that if you stand on this ground, <laughs> you will be, you, you know, you, you will be gotten. And if you stand on that point, all right, you'll be seen to be, you know, uh, standing against what they believe. So how then, how then do you react? Sometimes we de we dealing. I mean, when you look at some of the policies of you know uh, 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 um, transgender that is happening, that is taking place across the body of Christ now, they, and they say we've got to do this. We've got to. When you look at that, how do you deal with the with the issue of tra transgender? How do you deal with the issue of LGBT? How do you deal with the issues of you know you know darker? You know the way darker today has been has been normalized. All right, yeah, the people can smoke and they can do. Everything. How do you deal with all these complex issues? You know, you know, you want to give every everybody freedom. Why you also know that right, giving everybody freedom means disaster. Yet you need to be able to give answer and solution to these things. How do you deal with them? You need amen, the spirit of wisdom. You need that divine, that divine prudence. You need that understanding. You need that capacity from the presence of God. That's okay. This is what we need to do here. This is what we're talking about. In verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and understanding. And then we'll quickly go to chapter 2 that I really want to kind of zero on. Thank you, Lord. This word is hot. All right. Well, let's look at chapter 2, verse 1. My son... Listen to this. If you notice, chapter 1 gives us what wisdom, knowledge, and instruction will do for us. Now, look at what he's doing in chapter 2. He said, my son, because this is more like a continuation. In fact, it is a continuation, but let's just look at it as chapter 2. He said, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands in, with, within you, within you, Turn your ears to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for wisdom, excuse me, if you call out for insight, if you call out, you have to call it out. You reach out to insight. If you call out for insight and cry out, cry aloud for understanding. And if you look for silver, I want you to, I want you to, under, uh, to underline this word if in your Bible, if, if, you, if, you, if you're reading with me or you can check it later. Let's look at the, the first word in chapter, verse 3. It says, if you call out for insight, call out. If you cry for understanding, if you look. So there's a call out, there's a cry, there's a look in verse 4. It says, and if you look for, you know, for it as silver. Then if you look at another word, if you search for it as hidden treasure. So, you, 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 so you've got this word, you've got call out, cry aloud, look. Uh, you look, you search. You see, these are all words. These are all doing words. That's the point that I'm trying to make. They are all doing words. They are, they are, they are active words. 
These are not words that you are passive. You just put them somewhere. No, it's an active word. You, you have to engage. You have to engage with God. How do I cry out for wisdom? How do I call out? How do I cry out? How do I, how do I search? God, show me. Teach me how to search. You search for it as hidden treasure. It says, then you will understand. Did you see the point that I'm trying to make? I'm bringing the concept of pattern for living. There has to be a doing in our life. All right. There has to be you calling out. There has to be you crying out. There has to be you searching. There has to be you looking. You know, you put all this word together. It says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge, the knowledge of God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom, all right? From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It says, it says he holds success in store for the upright. Is a shield to those who walk blamelessly. That's a key word, who walk blamelessly. He girds the course of the just and protect the way of the faithful ones. Wow. Can you see that all this kind of words that we're dealing with here, they're not passive. They're not words that you can just, you know, you know, you know, memorize and forget about it. No, you have to practice them. You have to make them part and parcel of your life. And that brings me to some of the things that we've been dealing with, all right, in soul food, you know, prayer, in, in our morning devotion. That, all right, we have to kick the soul out of the way and allow this concept of the spiritual, you know, fruit to become part of our life. Then we will begin to understand wisdom. Then we'll begin to understand the ways of God. Then we'll begin to walk, amen, in the reality of that life where we're faced with a situation we know what to do. We know what to do. We know what to do. Yes, because what to do, like we see in the life of Daniel, Daniel, Daniel had a walk with God, amen, because he, he, he had a proximity. That, because he had a proximity with, proximity with God, he knew what to do even when, amen, the king said, look, this is the verdict. If you guys cannot give me an interpretation, amen, of what, uh, of, of my dreams, amen, I'm going to kill every one of you. Daniel says, king, don't, don't get too angry. Let, let me go talk to my God first. Did he come back with solution? Yes. Did Joseph brought a solution, amen, to, 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 you know, to, the, to the issues of the famine in, in Egypt? Yes. Did Ruth, hallelujah, applied a solution to the problem, to the challenge of Naomi? Yes. If you look at all these people, there was something that they had that they knew that was connected to their proximity with the Father, with God. More than ever before, our society is in need, in need, in dire need, amen, of true kingdom representative. Now, let, let, let's quickly go to another scripture. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to look at this one more scripture, then we'll begin to round up. Proverbs chapter 9. Like I said to us, I'm one that God has granted grace and understanding to take spiritual things and, and, and learn how to put them into practical use. I think the greatest chasm we've got in the body of Christ is the fact that, yeah, we talk about 
powerful spiritual things. God wants to do this. The kingdom of God. We talk about all these dimensions that are called, you know, ideals. The body of Christ will like to preach on ideals. But indeed, those ideals need to be taken down into a workable, practical, relevant day-to-day -day life. Like, like I'm thinking, how do you resolve a, a situation in United Kingdom where almost every youth out there all right, has, has, been, has been stabbed by knife? I mean, that thing has become a pandemic today. That in United Kingdom, in, excuse me, not just in United Kingdom, in, in London particularly, in London particularly, that, you know, young people are just stabbing themselves with knife. It's become a national disaster. Today, the government are talking about, we've got to find a holistic situation to this problem. How, how, how does the church, you know, step into that arena? Because the heart of that problem, amen, speaks of broken, broken homes, broken family, broken relationship, amen. And when people come out of broken homes, broken family, broken relationship, amen, they exhibit, amen, a life that really is, is an expression of dysfunctionality. So they go out there on the street to, to, to release their anger, to vent their anger. And they're doing that on themselves, killing themselves. What about here in South Africa, like I said earlier? So you, you, you look at all this thing. How does what we claim we have? The, G, Jesus said, go into the world. Make disciples of nations. It didn't say turn them to Christian. He said change them. Impact their life. Transform them. How do we do that? Well, we have solutions in the word of God. But if we're not practicalizing this thing, and the, 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 the point that I'm making is, when we take the principle of God's word, all right, and apply them to our life and allow what we have applied in terms of the righteous standard of God, in terms of the principles of God, we allow those principles to stay in our life. Listen to this. The power of God then can stay in us. Then the power of God can then flow in us and through us. Then when we go out there and we speak to people that where you are speaking to people, while you're counseling, while you're, you know, you know, trying to, you know, intervene, the power of God flows through you. That's what changes people. It's not just the rhetorics. Uh, it's not just about, you know, talking about this thing. No, that when you go out there, literally, you go out there, literally, and you begin to say, no, in the name of Jesus, this has to stop. And people start seeing their community transforming. People start seeing everybody dropping their knives. People start seeing people dropping their guns. Like, what's going on here? It is the power of God. But the power of God, the point I'm making is, that power is not going to rest on a weak, compromised church. So it's not all about, about power, power. No, God wants us to be, to be intelligent, to communicate to the people, to relate with the people, to, to show them, this is what is happening to you. But there is a power that can change you. Come, let me pray for you. So when you pray from that position of understanding, ah, the, the Bible says, our oh God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what? With the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. We've been reading about doings. You see, but behind that doing, there's a power. There's an authority. There's an anointing that the government don't understand. That people cannot relate to. Did you, did you, see, did you just see what happened? Did you see how that person just changed? 
Yes, because the power of God was present. The Bible says the power of God was present to heal them. The power of God was present to heal them. I give you this testimony as I begin to round up. While I was in Nigeria, this happened years back. I've shared this many times, but I'm sure I've not shared it on, on any of our broadcasts. I was living with uh, um, this family. And, and um, I, I will call, I'll call it an ham robber. Or, well, I, I didn't send the guy ham, but, but it was a thief that broke into the house. We just heard noise in the night. Everybody was sleeping. Uh, so I got up. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, go down, take the staircase down. So I went, I went down. And the Spirit said, be careful, open the door. I opened the door. And here was this guy standing by the door. Just like, almost like glued to the door. And I held him by his throat. He just held his shirt. And I gave him a good, I gave him what they call here in South Africa, a hiding. I gave him a good hiding. <laughs> and I told him, now, God, he just jumped the gate and ran away. I mean, that was, that was something that in my own human wisdom, I'm sure I will not be able to do. But because this house, or I, I mean, I've been housed by this family. I've been, they've been good to me. But I felt the Spirit of God wanted to prove that his presence was there in the house. He says, go down. And I just follow. I just obey the Spirit of God. And when I got up, everybody was shocked. And said, Pastor, <laughs> how did you do that? You know, I hit this guy with my feet to the point that you know, you know, in the in for you know for the next uh, uh, um, afternoon, my my feet was a bit sore. You know, this holy anger just came upon me and said, "How dare you, you know, you know, uh, uh, violate the space?" And of course, I, I let the, I let it, I let him go. But. You know, after that, it's like I came to myself and the Spirit of the Lord said, that was the, that was the gift of faith at work. Because that's not something that I will, I will normally do. Maybe I will just scream and shout and say, get out of there. But I walked down, opened the door. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't even afraid that if I opened the door, this thief could have a gun or something or could harm me. I, there was nothing like that. But you see, that was an operation of God. That was faith in operation, which obviously I'm, I'm not going to advise anybody to do if the Lord is not leading you to do. But the point that I'm making is when we live our life by faith and in the power of the presence of God, we can deal with some of these problems that people, I mean, I've read about so many people who walk into a war zone and begin to, you know, just minister, you know, the, the, the presence of God and people who are fighting themselves I mean, many of us have read the book of Nicky Cruz. The Cross and the Switchblade, Nicky Cruz. Who God used, you know, mightily, powerfully back then. I think it's in the it's a late, late, I'm not sure if it's early 70s now or late 80s. God used him mightily, all right, to bring gang, gangsters together. G gangs that war, they fight themselves, kill themselves. God used this one single man. Why? Because that man was a man of God's presence. It was a man of prayer. He knew the word, but he knew the presence of God. And this is the point. The church today, we've, we've exchanged that presence for something else. That's our problem. We've exchanged that thing for something else. We can change the world. And God has given us the power. He gave The one who sent us has empowered us to do that. But we've, we've exchanged all kinds of things with that power. 
But this is a time where we need to come back, where we need to run back to him, where we need to begin to cry out to God and say, Father, we need your presence more than ever before. We need your life. We need, we need that authentic reality of your presence in our life. All right. And we need the word. Because when you have the word and you start growing in the word, you can go out there. I can remember, I can give you testimony. Mad people that you, 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 you just hold them and pray and cast out the spirit of insanity out of their life. And suddenly their eyes are open like, wow, they look at you for the first time. You cast out the spirit of insanity. I mean, look at what is happening in, on the street of uh, London. They're dealing with insanity. Government don't know what to do. And this is where you have, like I said, you have some of the best, you know, professionals. Some of the best medical professionals, they don't know. They, they don't know what to do. And it's like that. It's happening all over. I, sh I shared with us some time ago where they say in France, close to five police, if I'm not mistaken, or even more, die every day because of, you know, die, you know because they kill themselves, suicide. They can't, they can't take, they, 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 they cannot contain what is going on again. You hear what happened in South Africa? The, you know, the, the chief justice said, guys, our, our judges need amen, a therapist. They need people that can minister to them because of the kind of heinous crimes that they're dealing with. How do you sit in court and you hear all these things? Father killing themselves, you know, people maiming their own children, all kinds of, I mean, you, you just ask yourself, Lord, what is going on? Yes, we're, we've gotten to that point. This is where the church needs to intervene. And we need to do that, amen, with wisdom, amen, with clarity, with understanding, with intelligence, but with the power of God backing us. I'm talking about powerful living. There's a power behind our lifestyle. But if our life, amen, is not subscribing to the standard, to the values of God, amen, to that which the Spirit of God has ordained for us, friends, we will not be able to walk in that power. Let's not kid ourselves. Wisdom is building a house. Proverbs 11.1. 1. Excuse me. Proverbs 9.1. Wisdom has built a house. She has carved out her seven pillars. I thought I was going to talk about the seven pillars of wisdom today. Because I really want to talk about the seven pillars of wisdom. Alright. So we understand that this thing gives us stability. It gives us a you know, posture. Alright. That this house is not just some weak house we are building. When I talk about the house, we're talking about the lifestyle. We're talking about a value standard. Amen. That the trials of life, amen, cannot erode, cannot wash away. This house must be built upon the rock. The kind of values, the kind of belief, character that we need in this last day, amen, should not be eroded by some ungodly, wicked spirit out there. No, we have to rise up and begin to declare who we are in Christ Jesus. And truly, I tell you, if you have not seen that power walk, I have seen that power walk. I have seen God move in society. I have seen God move. Once again, God wants to move. But we have to make up our mind. We have to be determined. The point, that, let me close with this point. We are not going to have the power of God work in our life based on our own value standard. We're not going to we're, we're not going to have amen, the glory of God amen, fall upon us based on our own expectation. It's not going to happen. We're not going to step into the things of the Spirit based on how we judge the things of God. We have to allow God 
through his word to speak to us. And we have to surrender to the standard, to the principle. If we want to see South Africa change, if we want to see Southern Africa change, if we want to see our society change, ah, then we have to present. God said, if I can find one, if I can find one person who will give me the journey, who will give me the standard, who will give me the posture, I can change, I can move, you know, things. I can change society. That's what God needs. Not just religious people. Not just uh, this religious thing that we do. No. It's time we stop playing. It's time to stop playing. It's time to engage. It's time to be focused. It's time to make up our mind. And let's stop getting ourselves distracted by little attitude, little belief, little, all these distractive things that we're doing. I am long time tired of that. And I've, of course, I've caught myself from, from all that. But I'm speaking, if you're listening to me, it's time to get rid of the distractions in your life. It's time to commit yourself to what will allow power and the presence of God, the standard of God to walk in you and to walk through you. This is my, this is my message today. It's time, God is looking for people. Alright? God is looking for those who are willing, who are ready, who want to see his walk, amen, manifest in their time. Thank you, Father. Listen to this scripture as I close. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears this word of mine Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain comes down. The rain came down. The streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house. We are the house. Yet it did not fall because it is founded, established, built, solidified on the rock. But anyone, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house and, 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 it, and it fell. And great was the fall. And great was the crash. This one says great was the crash. Father, we hear you. You continue to raise the standard. But the standard has always been the same. <laughs> it is us that have shifted away from your requirements. The standard that you gave from the beginning, from the first century where we see the church appear, has not changed. It is us that have drawn away and we're still drawing away from that standard. But today, Father, we hear your voice. And we say we want to be a generation of them that will walk in the light of what your spirit desire. That as we embrace this standard and strip ourselves, O oh God, of every form of assumption, and strip ourselves from every ideology of religion. We want the truth. We want the power. We want to be carriers of your presence. Father, help us. To stop being distracted. To stop getting distracted. Help us. To focus. They say that it's 
power in focus. To start focusing on that which will enable us walk in the path and in the reality of what will bring us into the fullness of your authority for this brand new day. We want to be people of your power. We want to be people of your presence. We want to be people of your glory. Father, we surrender to you this afternoon. Take your place. Have your way. May your kingdom come. As your kingdom come, erode, remove, shatter every other kingdom. May our life bring honor and glory to you this day. Lord, I pray, may this word go out there and begin to change the course of how we see things, of how we do things. May this word, oh God, permeate the spiritual atmosphere of our land, of our nation. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. As it is done in heaven, let it be done today in our life and through our life. And through this airwave and into the life of my brothers and my sisters that have been watching. I pray for every one of them. The men of God, the women of God, I pray for them. Let your name be glorified in their life. Father, continue to minister your truth to them. Prick their heart, O oh God. Bring them to a new position of sight, O oh God. Bring them to a new level, O oh God, of commitment, O oh God. Father, we thank you. You are not a respecter of man. You are not a respecter of man. You are not a respecter of man. If we can give you the journey, you can release the power. So we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you, friends, so much, everyone, for connecting with me <clears throat> this afternoon. Oh, sorry, my sister. I'm just finishing. Well, you can always download. You can download the message later on. I'll put it on my uh, um, timeline. If you want to download it, you can download it. But I appreciate everyone that has, you know, connected to us this afternoon. Hopefully, if I can make it again later on in the day, uh, in, the, in the evening, I'll come. But if I cannot, then we'll make it another day tomorrow, all right? Um, I've got, while I was praying, I just remembered that I need to share this with you. There's a material that I have on my, on my website, all right? Uh, um, I, it used to be titled Price for His Presence. I think I changed it to... Uh, um, the order, the glory, and his presence. I think so. The order, his presence. And, but if you go to my website, pottersgate.org, all right, it's free download. You can download it. Just go to a PDF and book on menu, all right? Look for the, a material called uh, um, the order, the presence, and the glory, all right? Powerful material to change your life. It's about the presence of God. We need to know how to connect with the presence of God in this last day. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you. Appreciate you. Bye-bye.